0: Hello, and welcome to the Self Project Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Martin, and I'm a life transformation and human design coach who supports others on their own personal growth journeys. This show is all about rediscovering and reinventing who we are, and we are going to talk about it all from wellness, spirituality, self empowerment, energy, self realization, sobriety, mental health awareness literally anything that can help us along on our own self-project journeys so let's dive right in all right i want to welcome to the show today tim lucher and I'm really excited to have Tim on today. So Tim is a certified KonMari consultant, and he helps guide individuals, families, and businesses to eliminate mental and physical clutter and clears the way to focus on what matters most while co-creating intentional solutions for living and working more joyfully. So I just have to say, Tim, thank you so much for being on today. I know myself, if you're not familiar with KonMari, you um, I have the book Marie Kondo, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, and I know it's a very popular book, and um, it's just really cool. I'm not going to ruin too much of it before Tim starts talking, but that, um, like I said, I believe that you follow along the premises of these books, and like I said, I'm going to turn it over to you, Tim. Do you want to just tell us more about you and what it is that you do?
1: Sure, definitely. Well, th- thank you for having me. Um these days I consider myself a facilitator and a certified KonMari consultant. So um, a large part of what I love to do with clients is work one-on-one in the home, guiding people through the process of the KonMari method, uh, which really I would, would describe as a way of looking inward um, and doing a lot of personal work through the lens of decluttering our homes. And beyond that, uh, I'm a huge habit nerd, so so I love, um, well, really, I think through exploring the KonMari method, I, I became more opened up towards uh, lots of different areas of um, helping to give people tools to make their lives a little bit better. So uh, I'm also a yoga teacher, and I I live and work at a retreat center in Canada that is all about uh transformational experiences. Um, so thank you for having me. I'm, I'm very excited to chat.
0: That's so awesome. Yeah. I forgot that too, but I had seen that you, um, you worked at a retreat center and I bet that that's really cool. That sounds really cool. That's like kind of a dream of mine would be to open my own retreat center someday Just on a side note, <laughs> but yeah, so I would like, what got you into this? What introduced you to Marie Kondo and what made you decide that this was something that you wanted to do to help others with?
1: Well, the first time I heard about Marie Kondo, it was, uh, I think it was a Buzzfeed article and this was back in the day, but it was, it was something like this crazy Japanese lady wants you to throw out all of your books. So I, I read that article and I was, I was so disinterested at the time. I was like, that is not for me. Nobody's gonna take my books away. Um and much uh, a few years later I um I've always been somebody that enjoys organizing and um I thought, you know, maybe I could make a career out of this or or start this as a side project. Uh what are some resources that I should uh should look into to to learn more and, and see if it's a fit for me? And um Marie Tondo at that time was the name in uh, minimalism and decluttering. So of course uh, it was the first book that I picked up and I just really immediately resonated with everything that she was saying. Um, turns out the Buzzfeed article that I had read way back did a terrible job of, uh, <laughs> of summarizing. Um, so I found that her method was not as uh, not as extreme and stark as I had heard but in fact was a lot more intuitive and uh, gentle than I ever would have expected. And I just really resonated so much with uh, the idea of surrounding yourselves primarily with things that you love and that bring you joy and learning to become a better decision maker through uh, actively seeking out what brings you joy
0: I love that because, um, like I said, I've been through part of her book and she does have a whole method about it. So, um, do you feel like that's almost a process you could use beyond what she uses it for in this book for other areas of your life too? It's a great process to just use in general.
1: Absolutely. That, that kind of touches on a little bit of, of what I was saying about becoming a better decision maker, but I think that, um, the way the KonMari method is constructed, it's, it's this process where you start with your clothes and you move through books and then papers and then um, other objects. And finally, you tackle your sentimental objects at the very end. So it trains your gut muscle and your instinct and your ability to make these hard decisions over time. So that by the time you come around to the things that are harder to make decisions about, you've got all this practice with every other item in your home saying, yes, I want you in my life moving forward or no, thank you for serving me and goodbye. And once we get past sentimental objects, you can absolutely take that and you can go through your Facebook friend list or your Instagram follow list using the same method or look at how you're spending your free time or look at who you're spending time with, look at your job and um, everything else that is a part of your life, you can absolutely uh, use joy as a a factor of whether that's something worth doing.
0: Would you say, so you said she starts with a a pretty gentle approach, you say, right? And you say we start with, is it clothes? Do you find that one seems hard to me? Like I had an easier time with books than clothes.
1: That? And that is totally possible. Everybody's in different situations. And I think that uh, in Marie's thinking of constructing this method, the reason that clothes for a lot of people is an easy place to start is there are so many different ways of identifying whether a piece of clothing brings us joy. So you might like the texture. You might like the material. You might like the way it fits on you or looks on you. You might like the color of it. Um, there are just many different doorways to experience how a piece of clothing can bring you joy. Um, And when you're having trouble with that, you can default on, you know, when do I wear this? And uh, what's, how does this make me feel when I wear it? So it can be sometimes easier for a lot of people to tap into that aspect when we're dealing with clothing. So I think that that's why it's sort of the first step.
0: So with each step, I love this process because it's not like you're just looking at it and it's like a yes, no, you're walking them through the steps. Like you said, how does it make you feel? Is there the texture that you like is, you know, those different things. So after that.
1: Well, actually, so actually what we're trying to do is we're looking for a, a gut response that often can be kind of a physical response. So Marie calls that spark joy. Um, A lot of people are going to feel that response differently, you might feel your smile muscles twitching a little bit or or a little bit of a warmth or just a good feeling enter your body. Um, So primarily, we're actually trying to train into ourselves physical, uh, physical expression of a gut reaction. That's our inner intuition kind of guiding the way. And it's when uh, it's when I'm working with a client and maybe they're not sure what they're feeling that I might default to some of those questions that I mentioned earlier.
0: Gotcha. I think that that's great too, because then if we're also working that on our own and we're struggling, you just gave us some really great tips to expand further on it. So then you go books. Like I said, that one was easy for me. Now, my husband had a really hard time with that. So would you say books again is the same process. Maybe if like you have a sentimental attachment to it, it might be a little harder. Do you have any special tips on going through your books? Yes.
1: So books, I think is one of the areas like myself, when I first heard of this method, um, it's the area that gets, gets a lot of people, uh, up in arms or a lot of, a lot of people really express themselves through their bookshelves or they, um, they hold their book collection as a part of their personal um, personal expression, let's say. And, and I was not so different from that. And one thing Marie says in her book that really spoke to me personally is to the book collector and a person that absolutely loves books, what could be better than a bookshelf full of exclusively the best books? that you want to recommend to people and lend out and not just having a record of every book you've ever read on that shelf. Um, so that really spoke to me personally. And you could, you could say that I cheated a little bit in that I, uh, I shifted my own book collection mostly over to Kindle. And I started reading a lot of eBooks And then when there's a physical book in my house, I have, I love my bookshelf. I have a beautiful uh, (laughs) color-coded bookshelf that really brings me a lot of joy. Those are the books that I recommend. They're the books that I feel say something important about who I am and what I love. Um, And they're not just, you know, all the books that I've ever had or ever read. Those are all in digital form. So I can still read as much as my heart desires I still have easy access to any of the reading material that I want. Um, And it's just the books that I've chosen to take up personal space in my life are the ones that I feel really bring me joy and really mean something.
0: Oh, I think that's great. I love that you brought up um, Kindle because you can still read all the books that you want um, without cluttering up that space. So I have a lot of Kindle books too. And I did much the same as you. We started with... um, bookshelf full of books which again were all our favorite authors and you know really expressed who we were and what we read and what we liked and so my husband had a harder time with whittling the books down than I did but yeah so what is left is now like you said a lot of our personal growth books um stuff that we recommend things like that now and then my husband has a couple of things that have to do with like the military and things like that that he wanted to keep and that was like a non-negotiable. He let me get rid of everything else. But I love that you bring up the digital format idea. And like Goodreads, I love to have my Goodreads account because I love to read and I've got probably hundreds of books in there. So it's another great way to keep track if you do like the idea of knowing what you've read or something like that, that there's many digital versions out there.
1: I love that. For myself personally, anytime I finish a book, Usually only if I resonate with the, I mean, in, in most cases, I don't finish a book if I'm not resonating with the material, but as a little way of making myself feel complete and it's a little ceremony for myself after finish a book is I'll go and write a little review for it on Goodreads. And then that's my my record of everything I've ever read. So I don't need a whole shelf full of it.
0: I love that. So these are great tips. Ugh, now on papers, I still struggle with that. Do you have a tip or two for us on papers?
1: You know what? I think that um, what Marie's book says on papers, uh, this is where where I deviate a little bit with my clients because I think that, and, and I think a lot of other consultants would agree with me, uh, when you apply what Marie's written about papers to a more Western context, Um, there's just a lot more that we have a tendency to keep in our culture. So I actually default, uh, a a favorite of mine is is David Allen's Getting getting Things Done. If you're familiar with that, that's a a really lovely framework for dealing with incoming things. Um, Little simple guidelines like, is this going to take less than five minutes to get off my plate? Then you do it now. If it's going to take longer than that, then you either put it in a to-do file and designate when you're going to do it, or you get somebody else to do it. But what's the word for that? Delegate, (laughs) or you can delegate. And I think that definitely there's value in going through your papers based on what brings you joy as well, and also keeping the things that are important to keep. So I, uh, I have a pretty simple filing system, I think, um, of all the things that I've deemed most important to keep. And the other things that I had been keeping, I'll use like my childhood report cards as an example. Going through those, they did not necessarily bring me joy. There were a couple key comments that did bring me joy. I actually cut those ones out and put them in just a nice little simple file together rather than having the whole stack of them. Um, so there's lots of different kind of creative things that you can do with that. Um, and I think some people have more paper than, than others, but more often than not, it's about having a key. What are you going to do with the mail when it comes in the door? And how are you going to make sure that you're processing through that and either dealing with the things or, uh, having a place that you're going to put them so they don't end up all around the house.
0: You do a lot of digital filing, like for yourself.
1: My most of my stuff is all digital. Email, uh, Gmail is really great for that because you can just search for any emails that are being sent. Uh, Google Drive is a really great system, definitely. Um, yeah, I think as that's the other thing is as we shift towards digital, uh, there's a lot less paper nowadays.
0: I think that's cool. I just kind of thought of that. I um, started homeschooling my boys. You know, we're in our COVID thing and we actually pulled them from their school and their zoom classes and started homeschool program. I'm teacher. I'm the principal and all the things. And um, so I have to keep paperwork for them, you know, as they do worksheets and I'm like, I am not going to have binders upon binders of just their papers that they did. I love them and they do great work, but I don't want these papers everywhere. So I actually use Google drive. So every week at the end of the week, I go through and I upload each of them to each of their folders and I throw the paper away.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's a really great way of doing it.
0: For sure. So, yeah. So I love that. um, And then there's definitely, there's tons of digital systems out there. I've seen you can pay for them. You can use Google Drive. So I think that's a great resource. Then we get on to miscellaneous. What do you, like, is that just everything else?
1: It is just everything else. And I think that the easiest, the the way the KonMari method works is it's really inviting you to do things via category instead of room by room. And when we get to the mis- miscellaneous category, that's where you really can see the value of separating everything out into subcategories. So um, I've done this actually for my clients. I put together uh, a checklist that's available for free download on my website that is a KonMari method checklist that has all of these recommended subcategories so that you can do things at a slower pace And just going back for a moment to clothes, um, you can do that with with the other categories as well. So when you're doing your clothes, you could do, I'm gonna do all my t-shirts today. And then tomorrow I'm gonna do all my socks and underwear. So you can really separate it into these finer subcategories that helps to make the work more digestible. Um, If you're having a consultant coming in and, and if you're one of my clients working with me, what works best is definitely to pile all the clothes on the bed. So you can see that big pile and have the support as you're working through it. But if you're going to be working through this method at home, you want to make that easy and digestible for yourself, because you might not be so into spending six hours in a deep dive of your closet, you might just be able to spend an hour a day or something like that. So uh, when it comes to Kimono is, is the category that, that we can more easily refer to as miscellaneous. Um, it might be separating things out into hobbies or sports equipment or kitchen accessories. Um, and you can really make those subcategories as big or as small as you need to based on the requirements of your space. And it's really valuable to uh, be creative with this and come up with categories that are going to make sense for you. So for example, uh, I could say pet supplies is a category, but you might not have any pets. (laughs) So that might not make very much sense for you. You might have, I might say collections and you might have both a candle collection and a coin collection. It would make more sense to split those up and do all of your candles at one time and then all of your coin things at another time. So really, um, My biggest tip for this would actually be to take a pen and paper and walk around your space and identify what kind of categories of things do I have in my home. Uh, If you're really into outdoor adventure, you might have a lot of outdoor adventure gear. If you're really into art, you might need to create categories for fabrics, markers, painting supplies Uh, that might cover about 15 of your subcategories altogether. Uh, And of course there are a ton of different checklists that you can find online to help make that work more digestible. Um, But really, I think just pen and paper walking around your house will will do you a lot of good.
0: I think that's a great idea. I was kind of laughing right now because I was thinking I have three crafting boxes that I probably should go through because I probably don't need all three of them. (laughs) So all of those things, I was thinking I have a box for sewing things. So that's a great idea to go around and put it in categories. And when you were talking, I thought about something really important that we never even touched on. With this method, you are not going room by room because that really threw me off at first. I'm like, why are you not going room by room? Like, that's how I clean. That's how I do things. So do you want to tell us what's what's different about that and why we're not going room by room?
1: Absolutely. So some of the really big, most beneficial, um, we can call them guide guidelines of the KonMari method. One would be to store like with like. So for example, you want to store all of your batteries in the same place. I'm just giving kind of a broad example. Um, that's, that's one thing. So storing like with like, if we take a drawer as, exa- as an example, if you were to say, I'm going to tidy this drawer specifically, You might find in that drawer that there are maybe a couple candles, some pens, some batteries, some junk. I don't know what else might be in there. You're going to maybe find new places for some of those things or put them back in the drawer drawer in a little bit more organized of a way. And then the next day you might say, I'm going to, I'm going to organize this cabinet now. What might you find in there? Maybe some pens, and batteries and candles amongst all of the other things. And then you might organize that all nicely and put it back. And then you've got multiple, potentially multiple drawers and cabinets full of the same kind of things where it might've made more sense to take out, to go scrounging around your house to find every last battery and then put them all in the same place together so that you always know where they are. And that drawer is kind of dedicated to that type of object. so taking that more in kind of a broader concept of, of thinking about our home, it's a lot easier to store like with like and to best identify how much of something we need and how uh, which which versions of that item bring us the most joy by tackling them all at once. So books as another kind of great example, if you go all around your home and you collect every single book in your home, bring them all to the same central place, and then go through your books. First of all, you're going to see how many books you actually own, and you're going to be able to best make the best decisions about uh, which books are serving you, which books you want to bring forward. Um, You might find duplicates of books where you you might only need one copy and you want to select the better copy to keep. And you're more empowered to do that if you actually have all of those books on hand. Another reason for that would be if we emptied room by room, often the clutter could just move. So, as you're empty, emptying the storeroom, you might just move some of the clutter to a different space in the house, and maybe maybe organize it or, or whatever. But when you organize that room, things might find their way back into the storeroom that you had emptied previously. Um, so, by just by doing it by category, it kind of uh, it nips that in the butt, and it also tells you you know, I'm committing to finding a designated place for every single item in my my home. And I want to keep similar items together so that I just know where those things are without question.
0: Awesome. Thank you for sharing that tip with us. I was having to laugh when you're talking about, I'm like, I have like a junk drawer in every room. That's not okay. <laughs> But you're so right. I'm like, what's in this drawer? Oh, there's a couple of pins. Why can't I find a pin? Where's all the scissors? So now... I, I really want to talk about the sentimental because um, I was telling you a little earlier before we started that I have my husband. So when I was trying to go through and kind of declutter and minimalize us, um, I'm have, it's kind of funny because I have less attachment to things that are sentimental than he does. But I'm like, why do you need this box of old baseball cards? There's some little thing that you made when you were like five years old. I'm like, why do you need that? Why do you need this? And he's like, don't touch my stuff. Like he literally told me, you can do whatever you want with your stuff. Don't touch my stuff. So, do you find that when you move on to sentimental items that it gets a lot harder for people to to decide and start making decisions with that
1: so i think there's I think there's kind of two questions at play here. so one question is how do we really deal with our sentimental items and and how can we open up to to the idea of moving on things that we consider sentimental and then the other question I hear is. Uh, how do I get my partner to aspire to the same uh, decluttered standards that I aspire to? So I'll I'll answer them separately. Uh, In regards to sentimental objects, if you're following this method, what we're really doing is throughout the entire process, anytime you find something sentimental, so if we're going through clothes and you find a t-shirt that is sentimental, we're gonna set that aside And put that in the sentimental category that comes much later on in the process because throughout the entire Kanmari journey you are actively developing the tools that make it easier to let go of certain things and then when you come around to your sentimental objects it's really tuning in to joy and gratitude and i think that's um, that's something that we're tuning in through the entire process but it's does this item bring me joy? And whether it does or doesn't, expressing gratitude towards that item. And sometimes gratitude can be a tool that can really help us to let something go when we otherwise might not have been in a place to let it go. Just saying thank you to that item for whatever it was. Thank you for that memory. Thank you for uh, the time that you looked really good on me, even though you don't anymore. Imagining if it's a piece of clothing that doesn't fit. Um, really using gratitude as that tool can, can make it easier to let things go. And a big part of going through our sentimental objects is what can we do with these other than putting them in a box in the closet or under the bed? Um, maybe there is an art piece that can be constructed of my old baseball cards. Or maybe this cool old poster could hang in the back of my closet so that I can see it uh, when I go back there rather than just being in this box. Um, So it's really about identifying if these items bring us joy, we want them on display. And if we don't want them on display, does the item really bring us that much joy? (laughs) And of course, uh, it's going to be different for everybody and, and some people are going to find it harder. And, uh, some, a lot of people probably make it about 90, 90% of the way through the KonMari method and say, you know what, that's good enough. I'm going to keep a box of baby clothes under the bed. And you know what, I think if, if you've done 90% of the work, then, um, that's okay. If you don't need to, if you don't feel internally that you personally need to go that extra mile, uh, do what works for you.
0: I love that you brought up baby clothes. Cause now I'm thinking, Oh, that is a sentimental item that I may have be hanging on to. And I said, Oh, I have no trouble throwing those away. You said baby clothes. And I thought I have a couple boxes of those. <laughs> so I I really love that you keep bringing us a back back around to like, this is a journey. So we're not jumping to the sentimental items right away. You've had time by then to, like you said, journey through, develop your intuition, you know, decide what's bringing you joy, gratitude. So by the time that you get to there, you've already been on this journey already and you feel maybe more prepared, more comfortable, or like you said, maybe you feel like you're done and you don't need to do it anymore. So I love that you keep bringing us back around to like, it's a journey by the time you get there.
1: Definitely. And the other question that I didn't, uh, didn't quite get to is working with partners and, and family members if, if we expand it past that. So my advice is the first thing you want to do is do you. So as a, as a person in the household, you want to make sure that you're fully clear on absolutely everything you're bringing to the table in terms of your clutter. And make sure that you've gone through this entire method yourself first, um, because part of that journey is actually going to inspire the people around you that are seeing that change. And it it may be that they see uh, areas of your life that are a little bit more cluttersome than you realize, and that by you commenting on their clutter, they're looking right back at this other pile of stuff that you haven't even really thought about. Uh, and saying, well, why are you judging me when you're dealing with that? So making sure you're really, really clear that you personally are going through that whole method yourself, I think, first of all, is, is just going to make you feel good and clear. And it, it might even make you care less about the clutter of others, because it's no longer acting as a mirror for the clutter that you're judging about yourself. So much of what uh, what bothers us about other people is based on reflecting back to us what we have issue with internally about ourselves. Um, So I think really just making sure that you're really clear on your own personal clutter can go a long way in making peace with other people's clutter and inspiring them to do better. Um, And I think that if there are folks that, I've heard this question a lot because I think uh, the KonMari method is naturally more popular with women. And I think the majority of my clients, the majority of consultants are all women. And what I have to say about that is the men I have worked with absolutely love and adore this method. They value so much uh, choosing what brings them joy in life and choosing to have less and to focus on surrounding themselves with things that bring them joy. And I think if, if you're working with, uh, if you've gone through this whole method yourself and you have a partner that's feeling a little bit stuck in their ways, uh, a gift certificate or something to work with a KonMari consultant just for one session might go a long way in introducing them. That session would be most likely a closet Kind of clothing based session. But after spending a couple hours working with a consultant and learning a little bit of those tidbits here and there, I think you might find that they are then able to pursue that in the rest of their items as well.
0: What a great idea. What a great gift idea, too. It all comes back to doing you when you want to see a change in somebody else or you're so frustrated by something, like stop. Stop projecting, reflecting and start with you. And um, I noticed that with my own personal transformation, you know, I'd be on my husband. Don't you want to work out? Don't you want to eat better? And it's like when I stopped nagging and doing all that, and I said, no, I'm just going to work on me. And then everybody around me started changing. So I think that that's true of any transformation, any change, any anything that you want to do, start with you. Do you want to tell us how... You, um, in what ways are you working with others? How can people work with you?
1: Well, let's see. Uh, the fir- first and foremost thing would be I work with people one-on-one in in their homes for coaching. Um, now, keep in mind I'm I'm in a smaller area about three hours north of Toronto in Canada. Uh, so where I'm at, it's sort of. Uh, a relatively safe thing to for me to go into one client's home, and i'm I'm not working with too many clients at the moment. Um, that said, I know that there are a lot of consultants that are doing online coaching, and I feel personally that that's not really for me at this time. <laughs> uh, another thing that I'm doing, i'm I'm getting really excited about uh, writing on a variety of topics. so, I've got a blog at TidyTim.ca, and I'm chatting there about habits and health practices, um, resiliency, hospitality, and the KonMari method. Um, so if you're at all interested to that in, in, in that, uh, please do tune in to my blog and, and what I'm sharing about there, um, social media. And I'm actually very excited. I'm going to be co-facilitating a habit reset retreat April 8th to 11th. And it's going to be an immersion in developing personal habits and health and resiliency practices. And there's going to be a little bit of Kanmare talk at that as well. Um, So that's a really exciting thing that's on my radar. That'll be in, in Algonquin Park, Ontario.
0: How cool. So that'll be in person, not a virtual.
1: Uh, I really, I really found, I mean, I'm in the retreat business uh, is my other uh, family business that I work in. And when COVID-19 came along and we were faced with so many products and services going online, um, I took the time in both on the tidy Tim end of things and with Northern Agile Algonquin, my family's business. And we identified, you know, what are our real values here and what's really important and we found that it wasn't so much the the learning opportunities that we provide and the things that we do with people but it's really about the value of having people come to us to unplug and spend time together in safe ways Uh, and we're all about creating community connection Um, so on both fronts i just felt that you know in a time that everybody is going online It felt more right to think about, you know, what's the future going to look like? How are we going to be able to do things safer and better and return to being in person in the future? So that's what I've been dedicating uh, more of my time to as opposed to uh, Zoom coaching and such.
0: I still think that that's awesome because, um, like I said, that's important to you're creating a safe environment for people to still come to, to still travel to when they can, and you're making it friendly and safe for them to come to. So I think that that's so important as well. So thank you for doing that and not conforming to the virtual world. I love virtual. (laughs) I know. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with virtual, but um, there's just, you're missing that aspect of, you know, like you said, community. You have community online, but it's just missing that in-person aspect, at least I think. And so you told us where we could find you on your website. Do you have any other social media accounts that we could follow you on?
1: Well, uh, tidytim.ca is um, is both my web address and also that's my Instagram name. Um, and you can find me at facebook.com slash tidytim.ca as well. Um, and if you're interested in the retreat, uh, the habit retreat, I don't know if you have listeners in Canada or if cross-border travel will be a thing by April, um, northernedgealgonquin.ca will be the address for
0: that. Did you have anything that we didn't cover that you wanted to add or any closing thoughts that we missed?
1: Well, I just, I think in terms of an, an overall message, I would say that it's really um, valuable to take stock of what brings you joy in life and start to make decisions based on that. I think we're really going to be moving into a time where people are empowering themselves to do what feels good and to make decisions that maybe aren't so brain-based, but are a little bit more heart-based. And I think if we're all doing that, then uh, we're going to make the world a better place. Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh. Yes. I couldn't have closed with anything more perfect. So Tim, I have to say, thank you so, so much for giving your time to be on today and to share with us. This was great. I feel like we have so many tips that we're going to be able to take away from this and just that we've learned so much. So just again, thank you so much. I
1: hope so. Thank you so much for having me on.
0: Thank you so much for joining me today for the self project podcast. I hope that you were able to find something useful or inspirational to take away with you today. So come and connect with me over on Instagram. It's at underscore Christy Martin, and let me know what you want to hear more of. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review and I will see you next time.